Let me tell you about a time I was on the subway in New York. Now, sometimes the train gets held at a station and the doors stay open in case anyone shows up last minute. This time we were conveniently held in front of a pyramid of trash bags that was basically taller than I am. And the smell, <laughs> let me tell you, oh, it was wonderful. And there was also sort of a weird sound coming from that direction. And I couldn't tell exactly where it was coming from. And that's when I saw it. I saw the garbage bag begin moving. And then I realized all of them were moving. And at this point, I saw, I kid you not, peeking out from one of the bags, a little face. It was a rat face. The bags were filled with rats trying to eat the trash right on the platform, like just a few feet away, with the doors wide open. And then the rats started exiting and entering different bags. And we saw all of them swarming around these bags right in front of us. And then some of the rats would start walking toward the train. And of course, the train doors are open and everyone inside the train, including me, was holding their breath, trying to figure out whether we were going to be eaten by rats. I can still see their beady little eyes as they would approach and scamper around as we just hoped and prayed they would not actually get on the train and seal us in together. And if you've ever ridden a subway, you know sometimes the doors will close and then open right back up because sometimes someone holds the door on another part of the train and this kept happening. This would alert the rats and the rat army that they were attracted back toward the train. Hey, maybe we should check that place out. Finally, after what seemed like an hour, a rat approached the train. It got right up to the edge of the door and then the doors finally closed, leaving the rat passenger on the outside. And in the most New York moment ever conceived, Everyone on the train cheered and applauded and celebrated this moment of victory that we were not actually traveling with a fleet of rat warriors. That's New York for you. That's the most New York moment you're ever gonna see in the subway. And today, we have an arrest in the second most terrifying incident in the history of the subway. We'll tell you what happened next. Stu does America. Still haunts my dreams. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to go. Uh, use the promo code Stu to save 10 bucks. Glenn Beck is on today on Biden's mashed potato brains. Doug Gowdy on New York's criminal lieutenant governor. This is an amazing story. But we start by doing Frank R. James. Of course he's done something terrible. He has a middle initial, which some... Somehow is always the case, isn't it? So far, uh, we, as, as of this moment when we're uh, taping, no one has died, thankfully. And that's the one thing we can say that's a little positive here. We pray, of course, that this continues. But this could have been a lot worse. The guy threw two smoke grenades and fired 33 shots in a subway and somehow didn't kill a single person. The only positive thing you can say about this is that, thankfully, we may have had the most inept gunman in the world on that subway car. That's the only positive thing. Well, one more positive thing has broken here in the last few hours. That is, of course, that Frank R. James has been arrested. Here's the video. They're approaching and taking into custody the one, the only Frank R. James, who actually was reported at a McDonald's uh, right before this left the McDonald's and then got arrested outside of the McDonald's. So, I mean, look, if you're gonna go to prison, you end at a McDonald's. This guy, uh, a terrible human being in every single way. And that is something that is really important to note. However, 
that was not the impression of many on Twitter, many blue check marks on Twitter right after all of this went down. Let me give you a quick little taste, because as you knew, I didn't even see these happen in real time. And I said this morning, you know what? I bet you anything. A bunch of blue checks came out and said it was some white supremacist. Guess what? That's exactly what happened. Not an act of terrorism equals probably a white man was involved. Uh, it's only terrorism if it's from the Middle East. Otherwise, it's just sparking white male rage. Classic terrorism versus white male supremacist violence. Mm. And this wasn't classic terrorism. Is white speak for the perp wasn't brown. Now, I personally don't care what color the perp was. If you do something like this, you are among the worst people uh, in our society. And I hope he goes to prison or is uh, put to death, uh, depending on the outcome of these cases. Because if he is, of course, guilty, that is the outcome that I would prefer. Um, but he was, he was uh, not white, unfortunately, not a white supremacist. It would be very strange if he was, uh, because Frank R. James happens to be an African, a black man. To use their white terminology, we'll use a black terminology, uh, a black man. Now, does that mean anything? Well, let's look at exactly who this guy happens to be. And I want to talk about what it means and how we should deal with it as thinking people. Here is uh, Frank James assaulting random people in Brooklyn. You and your white ass too, you white mother, racist mother. They had to put that in for good luck. I don't get. Listen, yeah, white racist mother. They do exist. They do exist. Look at me, mother. And they hate your guts too. Slant eye piece of. All that shit you know in Vietnam, they, they, they not your friend. They ain't your friend. You're something less than human to them. You better get that in your thick skull. Oh, I ain't not. I ain't not black. Sounds like a really good cultural analysis there. Um, Frank James also he was a little upset at our one and only first ever Katanji Brown Jackson, uh, African-American uh, Supreme Court justice. That's not supposed to happen. You're not allowed to criticize her in any way or that makes you a racist. And here he is, an African-American doing so. That's wrong. Here's the clip. I had no idea with that African name that she would be married to a white man. One of my oh. subscribers brought that to my attention. Yeah. Our black sister, Supreme Court Justice, power to the people, is married to a white man. She's I don't believe this. Oh, God. Wait a minute. This, this is the mother. There he is. There he is. White man. Black sister. Kentucky, <laughs> tell you what the is. Married to a white man. That, that sort of thing shouldn't, you shouldn't cry because someone's married to a white person. Although it seems like the entire media right now probably was doing the same thing behind closed doors. Uh, look, he's very upset that a black person would be married to a white person. He's, he's yelling at white people on the street. Here's some of his Facebook pages. So this one is the Black Liberation Army, a bunch of extremists. Uh, who uh, look for black supremacy. His name on Facebook was Frank Whitaker, by the way. He also shared this incredible post. Um, it says, they say the pen is mightier than the sword. I say the bullet is mightier than both them. And then he uh, says, please don't make me prove it. 
in 2017. And then he shared that memory once again on March 7th, just a few weeks ago. Terrifying, uh, considering especially what happened. Uh, Again, Frank Whitaker from 2013, he wrote, "Uh, I like you. I think I will kill you last, posted that meme, uh, and then shared it again on March 22nd. Uh, Seemingly looking for all of his murder threat posts from the past few years and resharing them. Uh, How about this one? If you say you like Trump because he speaks what's on his mind, the rest of us know that's code for I like him because he's an effing racist and so am I. And he shared that in uh, in October of 2020 after initially sharing it in 2015. Um, And of course, there's this wonderful photo of the one, the only, Michelle Obama, as she prays, oh, black Jesus, please kill all the whiteies. Now, I don't think that's a quote from Michelle Obama, or I've missed a pretty big story. Now, you get the tone of these, and yes, he uh, was completely nuts, right? I mean, this guy is completely nuts. You see the tone of what he's saying here. A lot of killing white people seem to be the general tone, but let me give you the quick summary from the New York Times of these social media posts. I think you'll enjoy it. In the recordings, uh, many of them between 20 and 50 minutes in length, the man offered lengthy tirades, often on subjects of race. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Violence, yeah, sure. And his personal life. He expressed bigoted views on black people and in particular on black women. That's what, how the New York Times summarized what we just went through. Now, yes, he also yelled at black people and black women, but a lot of it seemed to be uh, he wanted to kill everyone who happened to be white. And that's how the New York Times summarized it for the audience. By the way, without actually telling them he was black. So you read that sentence, uh, he uh, was bigoted against black people. Your thought probably is he is some white supremacist. Look, the truth is the person responsible for these shootings on the subway is Frank R. James, the person who pulled the trigger, allegedly. Just like you aren't responsible, some crazy person who also likes lower taxes commits a crime, you can't just blame every Democrat or BLM member just because this guy sounds a lot like them at times. But we can criticize the ideology at play here. Race is a part of all of that. If you spend every waking moment of every single day trying to convince people that skin color is the most important thing about about everyone around them, and there are good colors and bad colors, and you need a safe space from the oppression of the bad colors, you're going to get some really screwed up people. Maybe even worse than that is this creation of a world in which everyone that is not in the in-group is constantly on the hunt for your blood. Politicians, police, the guy at Orange Julius, everyone is out to get you. In fact, it's not even just those bad people, it's the system. It's systemic oppression that makes everything you don't like about your life not only worse, but permanent. You will never overcome it because it's the system itself. You are the eternal victim and your choices are to beg and plead that the evil white people will somehow find their souls and repent or just sit there and take it. And with that worldview, it's no wonder that some people take the third option. This racial animus, whether it's performed by BLM or torch-carrying nutjobs in Charlottesville, is poison. And that poison leads to terrible things and sometimes even death. Unless, thankfully, you have the worst subway criminal in history.
It makes sense why people get life insurance, especially term coverage, which is surprisingly affordable. Why not pay, you know, a little bit of money each month to protect the ones you love? If you're asking yourself this question, choose Ladder. Ladder is 100% digital, no doctors, no needles, no paperwork. When you apply for $3 million in coverage or less, just answer a few questions about your health in an application. You need just a few minutes uh, and a phone uh, or laptop to apply. Ladder smart, smart algorithms work in real time, so you'll find out if you're instantly approved. Now, they have uh, no hidden fees. You can cancel at any time. You can get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days, which is really cool. Ladder policies are issued by insurers with long proven histories of paying claims. They're rated A and A plus uh, by AM Best. Uh, since life insurance costs more as you age, now is the time to cross it off your list. Go to ladderlife.com slash stew today. See if you're uh, already instantly approved. L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash stew. Check it out now. Get this off your list. Ladderlife.com slash stew. BlazeTV.com slash stew is the place to go to get your subscription to Blaze TV. Use the promo code stew. You save 10 bucks. And part of the just all-star lineup is a back-to-back on Wednesdays, Stu Does America, Glenn TV, and the host of Glenn TV is with us tonight, Glenn Beck. Uh, Coming up at 9 p.m. Eastern, the special is called President Biden's Mental Fitness, the serious conversation America must have. Glenn, thanks for coming on the program. You know, I just realized I'm really a hypocrite. I say I'm against redistribution of wealth, and then you reminded me that I put your stupid show on before mine. <laughs> Just redistribution of wealth, yeah, really. Possibly. I mean, either that or it's opening act, one of the two. Um, you, in the title of this particular special today, I noticed mm-hmm. you did the, uh, the internet thing, or at least that's how it was presented to me, which is like you capitalize the, the words. And the two that you capitalize are serious and must. The serious conversation America must have. I can definitely see why we must have the conversation. But you're telling me this is going to be a serious look. This isn't like I'd like to joke about Joe Biden screwing everything up and flubbing every sentence. But this is actually you're trying to figure out what the hell is actually going on. Yeah. I mean, believe me, (laughs) I could do endless hours Mm -hmm. of jokes. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I specifically set out a couple of weeks ago when we started putting this together. I don't want easy shots, cheap shots, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, no video of cheap. It has to be. Accurate, right. not, not taken out of yeah. saying the wrong word or correct you know, um, something that really looks disturbing. And there's plenty of, of this right. evidence. And I don't I didn't want any armchair psychiatrist on that. would Be like, yes, we should take him <laughs> out. I'm so sick of that stuff. Right. You know what I mean? You don't know. Um, however, uh, we have to begin to have this conversation. Oh, also. Do you know the history of the 25th Amendment? Do you know how it's supposed to be used? Do you know the triggers mm. in that? Because I didn't. I didn't. Um, and Alan Dershowitz will be on with us oh, wow. uh, tonight. Uh, and it's quite fascinating what can and cannot be done and who can and cannot do it. Mm. Um, but anyway, so I wanted to have a serious conversation that because I honestly... It's I'm struck by this two ways. One, I don't want to be vaporized. And I I noticed the president just throwing the word genocide around seemingly in a flippant conversation about Mm -hmm. gas prices. Doesn't seem like the thing the president's supposed to do. Yeah. 
and I don't, uh, I don't want to be vaporized. And he makes a lot of really bad errors. When he was over uh, at, in, uh, where was he, Poland. Hungary, Poland, yeah. when he was over there, they were doing constant sweep up and it was on really dangerous things. So the gaff machine is one thing. And is, is that a gaff machine or is he just starting to blurt things out loud that he's actually considering? Yeah. You know, um, that does seem to be the case. Like, yeah. I think he legitimately thinks genocide's a fair term to describe it. And instead of having a presidential conversation of how to roll that out if you're going to and realizing the actual consequences of doing it. Instead, he's talking about gas prices like you don't want your gas prices, you know, dependent on what's going on with some dictator and their genocide. Like, whoa, you're, you're at, at constant escalation of this. We need someone who's going to do the opposite in this mm-hmm. situation. Um, he he also I'm also struck as a man uh, as a son, as a guy whose children, I hope, if I'm in this situation, they say, Dad, Dad, you don't want to go out this way. Hmm. Don't. You're, you're destroying the image of who you are and what you've done your whole life. I don't want to be that guy. And I am, I'm really disturbed by his family, um, just not caring how he looks. I mean, where was Jill Biden? This is not in the show tonight, but where was Jill Biden when he was walking around the stage with President Obama there? And he was just like, well, what do I do? I don't know where to go. And Mm. it was sad and tragic. Where was his wife? Where was anyone on his staff to make it look like he wasn't abandoned and just wandering around. You're seeing now foreign countries releasing comedy pieces. You know, uh, their yeah, their the public world. discussion is to make fun of Joe Biden, like like ours might be in one context. That's scary. I mean, that shouldn't be what they see. No, that's, that's Saudi never- Arabia too. Yeah, and they did it in English for a reason. Mm. They're sending a message, um, and and that kind of stuff is disturbing. And I don't want to handle this. On this particular show, we'll joke about him, sure. you know, all the time. We joke about all presidents, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, he is really out there. But it is time to have a serious discussion on what is his day actually like, okay? Is he going night-night early? Are they? Because there are times when he has to do a big speech, he is, like, focused. Okay, is that because he's focused a lot of the times, some of the times at a certain time of day, or are they juicing him? What's really happening with this president? And look at the media portrayals over the years of presidents. You go, obviously, um, go back. Gerald Ford, right? Just a bumbling idiot, falling down all the time. He never ever fell down. Right. They just made that up. Just made that up. Mm -hmm. Ronald Reagan, completely uh, senile, senile, out of his mind. He's, He's just crazy. Uh, George uh, W. Bush was, you know, he wasn't senile because he was younger, but he was, you know, stupid, stupid and constantly screwing things up. And, and Dan Quayle was an idiot. Dan Quayle was an idiot. There was always this narrative. D- Donald Trump is a wild person. He's he he. They tried to do the Twenty Fifth Amendment thing with him. Nancy Pelosi proposed a bill eighteen months ago to put a new congressional uh, panel together to enact the Twenty Fifth Amendment. Possibly because there's two, you know, two ways you do it. I know you're going to get into this tonight, but like they try to do this every president. Did we do this to Bill Clinton? No. No. Did we do this to Barack Obama? 
No. No. I don't remember. And he, uh, Lyndon Johnson, did he get this treatment? He had a lot, There's a lot of criticism of Lyndon Johnson, and all of it deserved and more. But, like, that was never the narrative. The only time I can think of Republicans really going down this road like this is with Joe Biden, because you know what? It's real. It's not just some media narrative. Looking at him, watching him, watching his decline is scary to the American people, no matter so, what party you're in. Um, my producer, Ricky, said... Um, you know, we have to be as nonpartisan as we possibly can be. And I said, I'm not doing that. I'm not saying these things because I want him out of office. Right. Because I'm honestly torn. Yeah. He's replaced by Kamala Harris. That that might be worse. Mm-hmm. OK, it might, be. it might seriously be worse. She has no idea what she's even talking about half the time. <laughs> And at least Joe Biden has been around presidents. You know what I mean? Yeah. He may not remember all of the things he's supposed to not say, but she doesn't know any of it. And yeah. so I'm not eager to get him out. I, I just think that is there anyone is there anyone standing guard that cares about the country, the credibility of the president, the fact that we don't want to get into another war and be vaporized? Is there anyone standing guard that we can trust that says he's fine? He's yes, he's slipping, but he's fine. And believe me, we'll say something when it's not. And I think like your your point on Biden is is a good one in that like 2022 Kamala Harris versus 2008 Joe Biden. I'd rather have Joe Biden as president. He'd be a bad president. He would do a lot of bad things. He'd have gaffes. He'd call Indian people 7-Eleven owners. He'd do all the things that he does. But he... The problem with his mistakes now, if they're mistakes, is he is legitimately putting every American life at risk. I mean, he is escalating a war with a with a country that has 6000 nuclear weapons. And if that is this administration's policies, then we get what we deserve. Hmm. However, he's so muddled in his thinking that I'm not sure. I'm not sure if these are policies or his just muddled thinking. I don't know. Hmm. You know, it's why why when you say Donald Trump has to be removed from the you know 25th uh, with the 25th Amendment because he's doing so much damage, blah blah blah. That's not the 25th Amendment. Right. He's not crazy. We knew who he was. We knew. He's the only president I've ever seen that kept most of their promises. And when, when people would criticize him for things he'd say, like, about Kim Jong-un, like, he's my buddy, or, or, or the opposite. It was, it, it was an intentional act. Yes. I don't feel like watching Biden blurt out genocide in the middle of a gas price question. No. I don't think that's intentional. I, I and think we didn't just... know. At the beginning, we didn't know with Donald Trump. He yeah. would blurt these things out, and you'd be like, what is he Wait, doing? What's he doing? What's he doing? But we learned... Mm-hmm. Exactly. He knew exactly what he was doing because he's kind of the same, you know, personality in some ways. He knows how to appeal to them and how to slap them. I'm not sure Biden has any clue Mm. as to what he's doing. Um, One more before you go. Uh, This week on radio, we've been doing an hour or two, kind of a special every day leading, leading up to Good Friday and Easter. Um, can you talk about this so people, if they missed it on podcast, can go back and, and listen to it? Why, why are you doing it this way? What do you, what, what do you want to get to? Uh, so it, it started out um, with, a, with a basic question I gave to um, Michaela, one of our special writers. And when I say special, it's because she's 
not all there. Sure. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> uh, she writes different things for me. And, and I was asking her about America's God and our spirituality and do some research on that. And she came back with such good stuff. Um, I wanted to do a, I wanted to do a special podcast or anything, but I thought the best way to do it is an hour a day for four days on the radio show. And then people can listen to it as a podcast um, if they if they care to. Um, but it is it's really important because we say as Americans, we're losing our faith, our Christianity, our religion. A lot of that is true, except for the last one. We're not losing our religion. We're not. We are not becoming an a-religious society. We are becoming a hyper-religious society. Hmm. Um, and I began to really kind of spell that out in today's show, that um, religion is, is not about God. It doesn't have to be about God. Buddhism is a religion. There is no deity in Buddhism. Okay? It's just a set of principles and sacred things and things that are not sacred that need to be avoided. Mm-hmm. That's where we're headed. And tomorrow, it's worse than a religion. Wokeism uh, and the way the left is behaving is, is cult-like. We are seeing an actual cult and that's what we're dealing with. And that's why reason doesn't matter, because they've been raised in a cult-like setting. Mm. They are, honestly, they're abused. And when you argue with a cult member, you're not going to win because everything they have been that's been drilled into their head sets you up as the enemy. And they know how you're going to respond. And your response only verifies what they already believe about you, okay? So how do you get yourself, how do you get your family members out of a cult? Yeah. That, uh, that's where we hit on Friday. Yeah, just to hear the comparison between kind of wokeism and the actual technical definition of a cult. That's tomorrow, it, yeah. It's, it's worth your time just for that. Uh, Glenn Beck, the new special is President Biden's Mental Fitness, the serious conversation America must have. It's coming up at 9 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss it. BlazeTV.com slash do. Glenn, thanks for coming on. Thank you. So Joe Biden is trying to do something about gas prices. And if you know anything about Joe Biden, you know he's about to make your gas price worse. That's just how this works in our country. He is um, trying to fix it by allowing uh, the 15 percent ethanol fuel to be used in the summer. Now, how convoluted I want. I just want to walk you through this for a second. We were first, of course, told that ethanol was the clean solution to gasoline. And the left said this forever until they totally just flip flopped and changed their mind and then said it was bad. And we couldn't use it anymore in the summer because of all the smog it created. Now, to keep gas prices lower, they're lifting that restriction. It only affects a couple of percent of gas stations nationwide. It's a really bizarre move. And even if you happen to be at one of these gas stations, uh, you will... Uh, likely only see a few cents off of uh, your price per gallon. 
Also, it's not as efficient a fuel, so you're not going to get as many miles out of the same amount of gas when you have this ethanol in it. And if your car is old, you really need to avoid it. You're not supposed to use it. I think it's 2012. Anything before 2012, uh, your car uh, cannot, uh, should not use this uh, higher ethanol fuel for a bunch of different reasons. So there you go. There's the solution working out well. This whole experiment has been a fantastic uh, idea. Did I mention that Glenn has a special coming up tonight on the um, mental acuity of one Joe Biden. Just wanted to uh, remind you of that. BlazeTV.com slash Stu, promo code Stu. Uh, Biden yesterday, and this is, I think, I've, been, I've hit on this theme many, many, many times here over the past couple of weeks, but I'm really concerned about it. Yesterday, in a question answering about uh, you know, gas prices, Joe Biden seemingly just blurted out that Vladimir Putin was was uh, was committing genocide in Ukraine. And you might say, well, look, I've seen the pictures of Ukraine. Uh, You know, Mariupol is basically completely destroyed. We have all sorts of atrocities on the board that we know about, or at least there's heavy uh, intelligence showing that these things are going on. You never know. And of course, in a war, there's a, the fog of war does get in the way sometimes. But we know that there's been a lot of bad stuff going on in Ukraine uh, at the direction of Vladimir Putin. And it might be fine for your humble, uh, slightly, t- just adorably overweight host here to blurt out that, you know, this is genocide in Ukraine. That might be fine. It's not fine for the president of the United States, who's in the middle of funding hundreds of millions of dollars of weapons into this conflict to kill Russian soldiers. Uh, It's not okay for him to blurt out the thing about genocide. That needs to be a carefully crafted thought, if it is a thought at all. You know, really good argument to say, you know what, at some point we may very well decide that's what this is, uh, but you don't just blurt it out. And if you're going to say it, it needs to be rolled out in a very careful and specific way. Instead, it was like, ah, yeah, these gas prices are high. It shouldn't be controlled by the fact that some dictator somewhere is committing genocide. I mean, that's not cool. That was it. He just kind of rolled it out. A terrible, terrible idea. And uh, that's what we get out of Joe Biden constantly. I also want to update you on the Florida law. The Florida law is the don't say gay bill. That's what they keep telling me, at least. Uh, nowhere in it does it say anything like don't say gay. Uh, but the theory of don't say gay is it would be so incredibly offensive to these people in Hollywood and everything else that you would eliminate any discussion of being gay to, you know, in this case, kindergartners, first graders. Uh, that would be so offensive that we should boycott the state, that we should uh, throw Ron DeSantis uh, in prison. I don't know what else we're supposed to do. Well, Hollywood had a little test on this one. China decided, you know what, we're going to edit the new Fantastic Beasts movie, which is, uh, I don't know, basically Harry Potter Part 44. And apparently there's a, a, a reference to um, a, a gay relationship that China wants edited out. And Warner Brothers decided to edit it out. They said, "Okay, well, China wants it, so do it. Now, that to me seems much more like not being able to say gay than anything in the Florida law. But we're allowed because we need access to that billion people or so. We're allowed, apparently, to have a don't say gay with Harry Potter movies, but not in kindergarten. That would be completely ridiculous. Again, none of this makes sense. It was never meant to make sense. And if you question it, you're the problem.
As I mentioned, uh, Glenn Beck has a special coming up here in just a little bit about Biden and his uh, mental acuity, uh, the way he is able to, what's this, the degradation is pretty obvious. Um, Over the years, uh, Glenn Beck, of course, has uh, been, I mean, he started this company many years ago. Uh, He also started another company called realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find the best real estate agent in your area. And, you know, Glenn's not known for his real estate expertise. He's known for talking about, uh, I don't know, mainly, I think, taco recipes or whatever he does on the air. Um, But Real Estate Agents I Trust is a great company because he he, it was built out of frustration and anything good comes out of real utter frustration. He was frustrated at his situation, trying to sell a home. He was getting you know, bad information, terrible advice over and over again. He decided, you know what? I need, I'm not even screening these people. It's like usually a friend of a friend of a friend, and I don't know anything about their ability. I need the best real estate agent. I deserve that, and so do you. That's why realestateagentsitrust.com is a free service for you. You can use it anytime to pick a real estate agent in your area that's been screened and one of the best around. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find that person, whether you're buying or selling a home, realestateagentsitrust.com. So happy to welcome Doug Gowdy to the show. He's the host of WGY Mornings with Doug Gowdy. And of course, it's our great affiliate in Albany, New York. Doug, how's it going? Stu, <laughs> last time you were on, I told you, get those Cuomo is awful mugs ready because you're going to need them again. And we're getting close. Yes, they're- you know what it is, though? The reason why you got me on, Stu, is it turns out they're all awful. It's not just him. It's just varying degrees of awful. (laughs) It really does seem to be true. I mean, I'm fascinated by this. Uh, You know, I go on with Doug uh, once a month, uh, the first Tuesday of every month on a show, uh, Stu's Day, and we have a great time talking about everything. And, you know, Andrew Cuomo comes up all the time. But it seems like every time we talk, Doug, there's a whole new character in this saga to talk about and talk about how awful they are. Three months ago, no one had ever heard of Brian Benjamin. Suddenly, he's the lieutenant governor because A, he's African-American, B, he's from New York City, and Kathy Hochul, the governor, is from Buffalo, not New York City, so she needs help. She picks him. Nobody had ever heard of him. His introduction to us, he says, God has a grand plan for me. Apparently, three months later, that plan involved being arrested and having to resign because that's what happened yesterday. <laughs> this is really amazing. So can I walk because I'm really there. I, who is this guy? I mean, where did he come from? What is his background? And, and very tell me limited. Th- yeah. yeah. He, he ran for comptroller and lost. He, he's had a very New York City centric career. Um, and he just fit the bill for what she needed. He sort of came out of nowhere. And people were like, wow, really? Who is this guy? And everybody knew there had been this sort of investigation underneath, but apparently he told her, ah, it's about some other guy. Don't worry about it. Nothing to see here. Move along. Apparently, as of yesterday morning, she didn't have any idea that he was about to be arrested. In fact, she didn't hear about it until she went on TV and said how she's changing the culture in Albany Fast forward two hours later in her own lieutenant governor's getting the cuffs put on him. This is an incredible story. I mean, if, if for people who haven't watched the back and forth of this, you, of course, had Andrew Cuomo. Kathy Hochul was the lieutenant governor at the time. Cuomo steps down. She's elevated. She picks this guy. And this arrest comes from some sort of past campaign scandal. Can you kind of walk us through what happened? Yeah, so the U.S. attorney said this is basically a this for that, and it is as clear a this for that case as you could ever get. So 
this guy wanted $50,000 for like a elementary school education thing. And the way the charge is, is that this guy, Migdal is his name, made multiple contributions to Brian Benjamin, all in $250 increments. The, the basic problem was, and the red flag on it was, one of the people that donated to Brian Benjamin was a two-year-old. <laughs> kind of hard for a two-year-old to give consent. Another guy was homeless. A third guy, they tracked down and said, just want to make sure you've given a donation. He goes, to who? And they said, Brian Benjamin. They, he said, who's that? And they said, you don't know? And he's, I've never made a political donation in my life. In other words, it appears they were just pulling names out of thin air thinking nobody would check them. Really rudimentary mistakes. And they they connected the dots pretty quickly. And the next thing you know, we're, we're out of lieutenant governor here in New York. Amazing. I mean, this does not look good for Kathy Hochul either. I mean, you know, the fact that she would put someone in this position without seemingly even the most basic background check. I mean, this has to be shaking the foundations of her campaign as she tries to keep the job. They're, so it, it's so weird in New York, Stu, that in November, what you may have is a governor who had to resign, Andrew Cuomo, and a lieutenant governor who had to resign, and Brian Benjamin, and both of their names may be on the ballot in November because they can't take Benjamin's name off, and Cuomo might run as an independent. That's what's going on right now. It's absolutely absurd. And she said today, yeah, you know, I wish I'd kind of vetted it better. You think? <laughs> <laughs> what, what is the sense of the average person in New York watching this go on? I mean, it is a circus, and it's been a circus for multiple years at least. What are, what are people feeling? I don't like to do homework, Stu, but for you, I did. <laughs> so you. I did a little rudimentary work here. In the last 15 years in New York, we have had not one, not two, not three, but 11 major resignations. I'm talking governors, <laughs> lieutenant governors, speakers, and congressmen. 11 in 15 years. When Cuomo resigned last year, people said to me, this is like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Not in New York. It's like a once-a-year thing, as Brian Benjamin just proved. It's, it's really good. What was it? it was 11 in 15 years? I, I, I don't, I, how do you even run a oh. state with all that? You know the names, Wiener, Schneiderman, Spitzer, mm -hmm. Cuomo, Silver. I mean, you start, oh yeah, it all comes back and, and they all had to resign. And it's just for, for various and sundry reasons. This one happens to not be tweeting sexual pictures of himself. It happens to be campaign fraud, but sure, add that to the list. I'm glad we're actually going this way. I think this is an improvement. <laughs> I think after Anthony Wiener, I think we're going in the right direction here. Um, go to, uh, and, and by the way, wasn't it after Spitzer, the guy who got the gig, I can't remember his name, the blind guy, right? What David Patterson. Patterson. He had problems too. He didn't resign. He's not even on my list. Right. He was just told you're not running or this is going to lead to something really, really bad. And he said, oh, OK, I'm, I'm not running. He had the good sense to not do that, at least. But, yeah, you could add him in there, too. Oh, this is just incredible. OK, let's go to Andrew Cuomo, because as you, I'm very torn here, Doug. I mean, you live in New York. I feel bad for you. You're probably not torn because you'd have to deal with him if he comes back. I live in Texas, so I just sell him. He's just a mug machine for me. That's all it is. Uh, what do, is he actually going to run? Why is he running ads? What is going on? Stu, I'll tell you the number one thing that people are saying on my show and the number one thing people are saying as I bump into him talking about Brian Benjamin is Cuomo must be laughing his backside off right now. And that's the twisted irony of all this thing. First of all, the only reason Kathy Hochul's even governor is 
He thought he needed someone from Western New York. It turned out to be her from Buffalo. He didn't like her at all. In fact, he almost dropped her the last time that he ran. He was this close, apparently, and said, ah, but what do I care? She's not going to be involved in any way, and he didn't have anything to do with her, whatever. Sure enough, she ends up becoming governor. She then needs this guy from New York City. It's a vicious cycle, et cetera, et cetera. But somehow he's sitting back acting like he doesn't have direct involvement in all of this. And his right-hand man, his self-proclaimed bulldog, tweeted out yesterday all of the things wrong with New York and goes, isn't it amazing? As if they had nothing to do with any of this. And they aren't a driving influence in all of it. <laughs> right. He had control all this time. I, I, mean, I don't think my outside impression is I don't think she's done much to distinguish herself as she, for the time she's been governor. But, I mean, she hasn't been governor long enough to screw up the state to the degree that Cuomo did. I mean, this is all still remnants of Cuomo's disaster. There was an old line. Charlie Sheen once said he was at a party once and he got a tap on the shoulder and he turned around and it was Tommy Lee and Tommy said, Charlie, we need to talk. I think you have a drinking problem. And Charlie <laughs> said, when Tommy Lee tells you you have a drinking problem, something's really wrong. When the bar is that she hasn't screwed up as much as Andrew Cuomo, I think we've got to change what we're doing and how we're assessing this stuff, too. She said today she, she has a big problem in her hands, which is this Buffalo Bills stadium deal that she ran through because she's a big Buffalo Bills fan. And it's going to cost us, the New York taxpayers, $1.2 billion. She said today she had to do it because other cities were talking to the Bills about pulling them away if they didn't get a new city. And so the guy goes, well, what city? She goes, well, San Diego. As all of us have said, who vetted that information? The people that vetted Brian Benjamin? San Diego just got rid of the charges because they didn't want to build a new stadium. They're not taking the bills on. It's absurd. And she thought we were going to buy that. Uh, this is, I mean, it just seems like a constant series of catastrophes. But it does make for quite a good morning show. Uh, WGY Mornings with Doug Gowdy. Doug, uh, thanks so much for coming on the program. And I will talk to you uh, on the first Tuesday of the month. Uh, I always have a great time uh, going over all the craziness in New York and all around the country. I'd like to talk longer, but it's been 10 minutes. I'm assuming someone got indicted while we were talking. I got to go find it. <laughs> Doug, thanks so much. Okay, so here's what happened. The Spanish Civil Guard is investigating a person who owned a private taxidermy collection with more than 1,000 animals. Uh, cheetahs, leopards, polar bears, rhinoceros, uh, 200 ivory elephant tusks, valued at $31 million. 405 of the animals are considered protected. Uh, and among the collection was at least one scimitar oryx, which was declared extinct by the International Union for Conservation of Nature in 2000. They got Bengal tigers there and an addix, which uh, is a white antelope, apparently. People are mad because, you know, he took all these animals out, but we don't know anything about these animals. What if these were like the douchiest animals around? Like this could be the douchiest scimitar uh, oryx on the planet. This could be, uh, it could be like if you had a, an a-hole of an addix. Maybe that that addicts was such an a-hole. They just took him out. And this is a good outcome for the world. We don't know. But we will try to track that down for you. Get their personality profiles. By the way, don't forget to uh, review the show. Rate and review five stars is the appropriate number of stars. Should be one star, but you know, inflation. It's a stupid show with a stupid host, stupid guests, and stupid charts and graphs for United Conserva nerds. But hey, 
That's the way Stu likes it, so listen to it every day for a couple of years at least and see if you agree. Five inflated stars. Great review. Always love being called stupid over and over again. Uh, So thanks for paying attention and listening or watching this stupid show.